podcasting from a town called Manalapan, New Jersey. This is That Oneness Guy, a podcast covering the many aspects and elements that embody oneness. I am your host, Danny Rongo, and yes, I am That Oneness Guy. As an author, singer, songwriter, and a podcaster, I continue to share my message of oneness. So, let's get right into podcasting. If you've been following these podcasts, you know that I like to break up the interviews by narrating the chapters of my latest book and oneness guide that's called The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life, which, by the way, is available in a Kindle version on Amazon. So back in episode number 36, I narrated chapter four, which was called Your Voice, and that was about navigating to find our own true voice and purpose in life. Now today, I will be reading chapter 9, which is officially titled, Fear, Oh No, Take This Exit, I See Fear Ahead, How to Navigate Through Fear. Now I purposely chose to jump ahead from chapter 4 to chapter 9 for a very specific reason. Because of my recent cancer diagnosis, I specifically wanted to narrate the chapter regarding fear. I know that fear affects so many of us in a multitude of ways. It has affected me my entire life, and I fully believe that it was my inability to control my own fears that allowed my cancer to manifest. And when I narrate this chapter, what you'll hear are not just some of the problems that fear adds to our already hectic lives, but the solutions on how we can control fear and actually stop it before potential problems arise. I know it will help me immensely just by reading these words again, and I'm quite sure it will help you as well. So, sit back and enjoy. Fear. Oh no. Please take this exit. I see fear ahead. How to navigate through fear. Today is Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. We find ourselves in the seventh week of self-isolation due to the coronavirus, COVID-19. I've been looking forward to starting this specific chapter since I started this book now almost two months ago. Fear, as it applies in the context of oneness, is such an important topic to address. Either way, it would have been a, a highlighted topic regardless of this pandemic, but what we're currently living through makes this one of the most important aspects of oneness that we'll discuss. So before we make our way into how fear has been the predominant driving force behind this pandemic, let's address the basics. We have to know what fear represents to us in general before we can accurately navigate the ways of oneness. In the earlier chapter regarding hate, we talked about this emotion as being a learned response, which it is. Children do not grow to a certain age and then accidentally flick on the hate switch We come from a source of love. Love is what we are and should remain our foundation throughout life. That is, unless someone somehow introduces us to hate. For it is at the moment in life when separation from source, God, or devils becomes our new foundation. Now, it doesn't mean that it's our new permanent foundation. This wonderful life gives us the opportunity every day to start anew, and that is through how and what we choose. We can choose any day to not have hate be the foundation of our lives. It's always up to us. 
Many people do choose to leave the darkness behind, and some, unfortunately, do not. But that's what free will allows us. No judgment and the opportunity to choose. I need to make this point about hate because I want you to see the difference between hate and fear. From an emotional standpoint, I would put them in similar categories, I guess. They are both strong enough to bring us to our knees in so many ways, and they can most definitely change our lives for the worse. But getting back to hate being a learned response, fear is not. Our parents can't teach us fear. I mean, they can scare us and make us afraid, right? But they can't teach fear. Fear comes from within. It comes from being separated from our source. Now, when I'm speaking about hate during a performance, there is typically someone who will refer to hate as being the opposite of love. That's a good observation, and one I know many people will assume. This kind of makes sense from the duality side of things, right? You know, like light, dark, up, down, in, out, love, hate, right? But that is not the case, and here's why. Hate is not the opposite of love. Fear is. Now, if this sounds familiar, it is because we briefly spoke about this in the chapter on love. We know that love is what we are. It's part of Stevels. We know that God is love. We know that the very source from which we came is love. Love encompasses all. So when we consider what the opposite of this magnificent energy could be, it cannot be a learned response. No, it could only be the absence thereof it. Fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. We know what it means, but take a look at the definition again with me. What word jumps out at you? To me, it's the word belief. The belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So by its definition, the word fear implies a worrisome state over something that may or may not happen. Why in God's name would you waste your time with it then? That is why we say that fear is the opposite of love, because it represents the absence of love, which is the absence of our connection to source. When we understand that oneness means our connection to source, we know the totality of that statement. With that connection comes the knowing that we are not alone. We are never alone. And in the grand scheme of things, there is nothing to be afraid of or fear ever. We've already discussed that great length that we are spiritual beings having this human experience. We've also discussed how this human experience represents an illusion to us in the way that we are in this world, but not of this world. So to that point, even when you fall and scrape your arm, what aspect of you feels the pain? The body, the physical, not what you truly are. I'll be getting to more from Dr. Dyer. But for now, I have to add one of his most famous quotes, it's something that has stayed within me for a very long time and always will. I use it during every speaking engagement, and it goes like this. If you knew who walks beside you, 
at all times on the path that you have chosen, you could never experience fear or doubt again. This beautiful passage reminds us that we are not alone. We are never alone. Some have heard it in similar versions like this one from the Bible. The Lord himself goes before you and will be there with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Deuteronomy 31-8. We have to get this, my friends. We have to come to this knowing because as we try to navigate the ways of oneness in regards to fear, it is so very important. We are spirit and we never walk alone. Some say that each of us has a guardian angel standing right beside us at all times. Hey, I have no problem with that image at all. My mom transitioned back in January of 2018, so I can definitively state without any hesitation that she is my guardian angel. I have seen dozens upon dozens of reminders at just the precise moment when I need her. Those reminders are typically dimes or feathers. If you don't know, seeing dimes or feathers are indications of a loved one's presence. Plus, I sense her now more than ever, and I know that my mother's love for me and my siblings and my dad, her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren is one of extreme intensity and will never die or cease to exist. So hell yeah, I'm all in on the guardian angel gig. Here's another great quote that sums up our guardian angels. Make yourself familiar with the angels and behold them frequently in spirit for without being seen, they are present with you. That was from St. Francis of Sales. So what is there to fear? Nothing. Our fear stems from our disconnection or our disassociation with source, that's all. It is the absence of our very essence. Ooh, hey, I'm claiming this one right here and now. Fear is the absence of our very essence. Do you like it? Just remember where you heard it first. But like most of us, I am not living my life free of fear. We all have moments when something within the world of fear takes hold of us. It's the grip that it has on us that can be crippling at times, to say the least. It's these times when we allow our thoughts to take control. Because what we need to remember is that there is no fear in the world. Only fearful thoughts. Think about it. Is there a physical thing called fear? Can we hold fear in our hands? No. There are only fearful thoughts. It is what we are thinking at any given moment in time. And I, probably like you do at times allow certain fearful thoughts to take control of my being. And in turn, it takes me away from oneness and away from my inherent connection to source. I share information like this with you because you must view me as you do yourself. In my first book, I use the subtitle, A Common Man's Guide to Oneness, for this specific reason. I'm just like you, a spiritual being, having this human experience. Now, I know that some of you may be asking if anxiety falls under the fear heading. That's an honest observation, so let's address it. Fear is interrelated with anxiety, stress, and nervousness. Fear can cause anxiety, stress, and nervousness, and vice versa. 
When faced with fear, most people will experience the physical reactions that typically describe anxiety, stress, or nervousness. We mostly associate fear with a present and imminent danger, like someone approaching you with a gun, for example. While anxiety, stress, or nervousness might be considered a reaction or anticipation to something that may or may not happen. Either way, in today's society, they are all considered mental health conditions. When placing these conditions within the confines of oneness, we recognize them as an adverse effect from being disconnected to source, again, God or Stevels. When we are connected to our source, we live each day from that foundation. Fear, anxiety, stress, and nervousness don't reveal themselves to us because we don't entertain those thoughts and we don't allow them in. We monitor our thoughts continuously. If our thoughts don't serve our best interests and are not aligned with our source, we recognize that immediately and change them. Is it easy? No. I'll be the first to say that the process of monitoring our thoughts is a difficult one. Experts estimate that the mind thinks between 60,000 and 80,000 thoughts a day. That's an average of about 2,500 to 3,300 thoughts per hour. How are we supposed to keep track of an influx like that? The only answer I've come up with is by making oneness and all that it represents a focal point of our lives. Because the more that we live from the foundation of oneness, the more our thoughts reflect that. And by having our thoughts reflect that means that we're paying attention to our thoughts. And the more attention we give to our thoughts, the better we get at allowing what comes in and what stays out. Oneness teaches us to recognize what serves our best interests. We come to know and experience this by how we are feeling. You see, things and events that don't resonate well with you will always provide a certain feeling. You know this. You've felt these feelings many times throughout your life, as I have. It's those gut feelings, which are just your intuition speaking loud and clear to you. But do you listen? Sometimes you do, and I'm sure that sometimes you don't. But as we grow spiritually, we tend to react rapidly to these thoughts and feelings. We display the ability to recognize thoughts of fear, anxiety, stress, or nervousness and stop them in their tracks. Again, this is not an easy task, but it is one that comes to us naturally as we become more spiritually evolved in oneness. With that said, here are a few more examples of how that oneness guy falls prey to fear and its accomplices. Let's get off the road. It's time for a Danny blurb. One of the many <laughs> nicknames that Andrea has for me is Nervous Dan. She's had to talk me off the ledge on many occasions throughout our life together, from taking the Securities Exchange Commission Series 7's test, which I had to take twice, to countless performances. There were, and still are, so many moments where I allowed my nerves to get the best of me. Why? I should know better, right? I guess not. My point is this. I use my examples of what we all go through in some way, shape, or form regarding fear. It's debilitating. It's constricting. It shuts the door that allows life to flow and, and, and to us and through us. It is truly the absence of our very essence. 
Now, some might ask, how else could I have approached my example of, of taking and having to pass the Series 7 test? Well, to consider it without the nerves and anxiety that engulfed me is next to impossible. All I can say is that from the place of oneness I find myself out now, I would have approached it differently because now I would have called upon the other aspects of oneness to help me, specifically surrender. I would have surrendered to the knowing that I am not alone, that I have my silent partner. I would have voiced that I could not go through this on my own and that I needed help. And from that point, I would have tapped into the acceptance mode of oneness. I would have realized that there are no accidents in a perfect universe, which would have helped me to accept the outcome, whichever way that it went. And finally, at the moments where I was losing my mind with fear, I would have stopped those negative thoughts in their tracks. I would have said out loud, enough, I choose peace. Sure, I know this now, but did I know it all those years ago? No, I did not. And this is my point about fear and all the topics that I'm using the ways of oneness to help us navigate through. These are just tools for us to consider if and when we're ready. Somewhere down the road, you might be facing something that will present fearful thoughts to you. Hopefully, you'll recognize them for what they are, thoughts, and change them accordingly. If not, maybe you'll remember something else I said in this book that may help. Either way, that's why I'm writing this, to share my message of oneness. So let's get back to navigating through fear. COVID-19, the 2019 novel coronavirus. I want to begin this next section about fear as it pertains to our recent global pandemic, COVID-19 coronavirus. I will start it with arguably our most famous quote regarding fear of all time. It was from President Franklin D. Roosevelt's first inauguration on March 4th of 1933, as he most assuredly said, So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. There are many comparisons to make between the words of our former president uttered in 1933 and right now. As we make our way through this pandemic, the only thing that we truly need to fear is the fear itself. The predominant reaction throughout our world is not related to this virus, but the fear of it. Now, some might dispute that, but I can't see how you can, especially if you lived through it. Certain countries quarantined their citizens and some did not. Why? All countries were privy to the same information from the World Health Organization and the Center for Disease and Control. The obvious answer is that some countries did not place the same level of fear on this pandemic that other countries did. We here in the United States had a complete shutdown. We were told to self-quarantine for a specific number of weeks in the hopes to flatten the curve and slow the spread of the virus. What if I asked you to, to go out and find me some fear? You wouldn't be able to. You might find something that makes someone have a fearful thought but you wouldn't be able to find fear because as I stated earlier, there is no fear in the world, only fearful thoughts. Everything in life, everything in oneness, the foundation of our very lives is a reflection of how we think. 
and fear is only a thought that we choose to entertain. We allow it to take a hold of our lives in the most damaging of ways. Our planet has experienced viruses throughout time. Take a look back at the chapter on how to navigate through a pandemic or a crisis. Look at the number of viruses that have taken place in just the last 120 years. Well, to save you from flipping back, here's the data again. And for the pandemics, we've had eight of those over the same period of 120 years, which has given us one pandemic every 15 years. They happen, my friends, and there's not much we can do about that. It's not as if we've never uttered the word virus before in our lives, right? So why the panic? Why the fear? Why do we doubt our, our magnificent bodies and immune systems? Yes, there will always be times in our lives where we have to live through dark times. Viruses, famine, depressions, wars, disasters. We do it all, and we've got it, gotten through it all as well. The panic and fear that this pandemic ignited throughout the world are far worse than the virus itself. How can we let that be? How can a society as advanced as we let fear and unjustified terror dictate our lives? As I've stated throughout this book, I'm not sure when you're reading this, but I think there's a good chance that you also lived through the coronavirus of 2020. So you either recognize the fear and kept yourself removed from it, or if you took in the fear and let it dictate your life, those are the only two options that we have to deal with this pandemic. Oh, I want to interject this now before I forget it. Who remembers War of the Worlds, the infamous 1938 radio broadcast of the H.G. Wells novel that was read by Orson Welles? Well... There's an example of what fear can do. Most of New Jersey thought they were being invaded by Martians. They additionally didn't know that it was just a product of the book, and they let their imagination, fueled by thoughts of fear, get the best of them, which led to nationwide hysteria. But back to the pandemic, my stance on this has been the same since its inception, and that is, how you process and internalize this event will determine your outcome. Meaning, whatever thoughts you allow to permeate your being regarding this or any event will most definitely determine how or if you get through it. I fully needed to accentuate you and you're here for very obvious and important reasons. You are the only one that can control your thoughts. This is oneness 101, my friends. If we know that our feelings come from our thoughts, and if we know that there is no such thing as fear, there are only fearful thoughts, then we have the instinctive ability to control if fear comes into our being at all. You control your thoughts, my friend. You do not have to succumb to fear at all. This is why I've been stressing the importance of how we process a global pandemic or any life crisis. We cannot control what we hear from the media, political leaders, the medical community, and or social media. We can only control our thoughts. And because of that truth, we always have the choice to think in fearful ways or not. 
Some people have mistakenly thought that I am telling people to not follow instructions and mandates, etc. That is not correct. By all means, we need to abide by the laws and guidelines put in place during any crisis. All I am saying is that based on controlling our thoughts and not giving into the fear that is present, we control our bodies. And by controlling our bodies, we maintain strong immune systems for we know that fear weakens a healthy immune system. We address a crisis from a calm and fear-free state of mind. We make decisions based on our inner guidance, our intuitive nature, and our higher source. As we consider the ways of oneness that will help us navigate through a pandemic or any crisis, this thought should remain front and center. And I know how hard it is and has been the media coverage of this event is a bombardment of information on a 24-7 basis. It is non-stop. Like I mentioned in the pandemic chapter, even ESPN can't get away from talking about it. And when you couple that with social media and the millions upon millions of postings, opinions, and hypotheticals, it is overload central. But please note that I am not using the words right or wrong to describe the information being shoved down our throats. Do I have my opinions? Absolutely I do. I'm sure you do as well, and so do the billions of others around the world. But this is a chapter regarding fear and how we can use the many ways of oneness to help navigate through it. Fear, not the pandemic. With that said, let's get back to the constant overload of information we've been subject to. It doesn't help our situation trying to debate right from wrong. That's being judgmental and doesn't serve any purpose from the position of oneness. After all, for as many of you reading this who might agree with my stance on the pandemic, I'm sure there are just as many, if not more, who disagree. That is why we need to address the fear and not the pandemic. Let's talk about what fear does to our bodies and specifically our immune system. Fear weakens our immune system and can cause cardiovascular damage gastrointestinal problems such as ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome and decreased fertility. It can lead to accelerated aging and even premature death. Now that's a lot right there. And that's not considering the lasting mental effects living from fear can have on us. Impaired long-term memory issues, the loss to regulate emotions, the negative impact on our thinking and decision-making. You know this. You know how you feel when you have fearful thoughts and when you live out of or from fear. It feels exhausting and draining. And if we allow fearful thoughts to remain, we face some significant long-term damage. The sadness from that is some don't even know it. In oneness, we must always remember that what we think about expands. We've discussed this multiple times already throughout this book because of the truth it brings. It is the law of attraction at work right before our eyes. So for those who've allowed thoughts of fear into their mind from this pandemic, guess what became of that? Exactly. More thoughts of fear, and so on, and so on. If that is you, hopefully you were able to put the brakes on, as they say, and change your thoughts. If not, and you allowed those thoughts of fear to be the dominant intention of your life, then you most likely felt and seen results in how fear spreads. Remember, 
Thought is a part of Stevels. It represents what you are and is most definitely an energy. Energy, as we know, radiates outward from us and has a direct impact on our immediate life as well as the world itself. We know this because we understand that we are just an individualized expression of one source. Our thoughts, no matter what they are, get added to a collective consciousness. That consciousness amounts to the current status of our world. Remembering that fear is just the absence of love, or our very essence, we can now see and sense how a new consciousness of fear has taken over our world. It hasn't been a consciousness that has oneness at its foundation, that's for sure. You might be asking me how I came to know that. It's quite simple. If the majority of our global population addressed this pandemic from oneness, here's what we would have seen. One, there would have been a reaction from source God Stevels, not fear. Two, we would have acknowledged our body's immune system and allowed it to function. Three, we would have accepted the virus for what it is, a submicroscopic infectious agent that replicates only inside the living cells of an organism. Four, from there we would recognize that if a virus resides on this planet, then we are an antibody. Five, we would understand that to quarantine oneself just weakens the immune system. And six, because our reaction is from source, not fear, we would emanate positive and healing energies that would make up a collective consciousness of the same. And let me also add that oneness understands the importance of circulating money so that we all can thrive. Here I will add my personal opinion as it pertains to oneness and say that if our leaders understood oneness, they would never shut down economies for excessive amounts of time that can destroy lives. Fuel is running low in need of dire straits. This is the perfect time for me to share some of the insight that I've gained from Dr. Dyer over the years regarding fear. This quote is from Wayne's book, Your Sacred Self. Causing fear is a tactic of the ego, whether it be your ego or the world's ego. The world's ego is a reflection of individual ego power and the amount of fear that is active. Wayne refers to the ego throughout this passage. We've touched on the ego briefly, but there's an entire chapter coming up regarding it. For now, just remember that it is our false self. In the rest of that chapter, Wayne addresses the fact that our fear transmits an energy because if you may or may not know, it does. And fear-based energy adds to a collective consciousness. This is so important for us to remember. Based on when you are reading this, try to recall the amount of fear that is slash was prevalent during the COVID pandemic of 2020. Try to grasp the millions of people emanating fear-based thoughts around the world. It's no wonder why we've seen acts of hatred and violence grow during the pandemic. When we understand the energetic principles of the law of attraction, there's no way we couldn't. Always remember, this world of ours is just a mirror. It will continue to reflect what our collective thought is. Dr. Dyer has also a keen way to remind us that learning to experience authentic, authentic love means abandoning ego's insistence that you have much to fear 
and that you are in an unfriendly world. We have nothing to fear, and our world is and always has been a friendly one at that. You're going to love this next passage regarding fear from Wayne's book, Wisdom of the Ages. The word fear can be thought of as an acronym that translates to false evidence appearing real. In other words, we look at what we imagine to be a strong reason for an action and then we allow it to become a reality even before we attempt. I clearly remember how I felt the first time I read this some 23 years ago. False evidence appearing real. You gotta love it. Because it is false. Fear represents an illusion. An illusion that it is possible to fail. Remember, there is no failure in life. We just produce results. To deem them as, as successful or a failure is to imply judgment. And as we alluded to earlier, fear is just a tactic of the ego. As it is the sole purpose of the ego to make us believe that we are separate from our source. The ego sends us messages that we are incomplete and that we need more. That is why so many of us remain in a constant state of turmoil and anxiety. Fear is created and nurtured within the ego. Have you sensed the connection yet between fear and our ego, that is? Well, you should because it makes perfect sense as our ego represents our false self. The fear that we allow to invade our being at any moment in our life is most definitely self-imposed. Sure, our ego is creating and nurturing it, but what is fueling the fear? What's igniting this unwanted event? Our thoughts, of course. Everything comes back to what we are thinking, because as you now know, we cannot experience fear without fearful thoughts. I'll take this even further. Think of every bad thing that's ever happened to you naturally or not. And by that, I mean what you might consider an accident, sickness, job loss, marriage loss, whatever. Some people might say that they were to blame. There is no blame. It wasn't your fault. There was no what goes around comes around karmic payback. It was simply a matter of the law of attraction responding to what you were putting out there in the way of energy and vibration. Pure and simple. And the chances are that fear played a big part in your thoughts that led to those energies you emitted. So many of us live in fear throughout so much of our lives that we can no longer tell the difference between fearful and fear-free lives. Some become so accustomed to specific negative and fearful thoughts that they believe they were born under a black cloud. Then those same individuals wonder why they can't seem to shake the bad luck that keeps coming their way. It has nothing to do with luck. They're just stuck in a pattern of self-imposing negative and fearful thoughts that continue to bounce off the mirror of life and come right back to them. Mic drop. Ba-bam. It's not rocket science, my friends. Everything is energy, and that includes your thoughts of fear. So as a reminder, when you live in fear, you bring to you what you're afraid of. Gee, I hope you get that. So, we close out the chapter on fear. Every topic within this book is critically important as we learn to navigate the ways of oneness. 
but this specific one may top the list. I say that because fear can so easily inhibit the way that we think and in turn live. And because our ego comes attached to our lives within this time-space reality and fear comes from our ego, we can see why it's difficult to control. But within our lives and the ways of oneness, everything comes down to how and what we think. Fearful thoughts will always enter our minds. There's no getting around that. But we will always have the simple option to change our mind, to redirect our thoughts to those of oneness and those that better serve our purpose. We spent much of this chapter in this book talking about the effects that this global pandemic will have on us. Again, I don't know what status our world will be in by the time you read this, but I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because in oneness we address fear for what it is and no matter what may initiate it. All I know is that I will never, ever forget the overall mindset that I've sensed during this pandemic. The fear that gripped our society is scary, as I'm sure you remember. And now as our country is starting to reopen to some degree, there are new arguments and debates, mostly driven by fear, as the correct way to approach this. Should we open? Should we not? Should we maintain social distancing? Should we not? Should we continue to wear masks? Should we not? And the lists continue. There are also more and more stories being published on media outlets and social media platforms about this pandemic being an actual hoax. I can tell you what I believe, but why would I? I'm not trying to add fuel to this already out-of-control fire. I intend to help us navigate through life, and for this chapter specifically, fear using the ways of oneness. What good would sharing my beliefs do the topic at hand, which is fear? This is why I maintain what I've said since day one of this pandemic, because it should be applied to how we address fear in general. How we choose to process and internalize anything will determine our outcome. Whatever fearful thoughts you may have at any moment in your life, learn to recognize that they are originating from your ego, your false self. The very nature of being or thinking afraid is to make us think that we are separate from our source, God, or devils. You are not separate. You are one. One with your God, your source, or devils. One with everything and everyone, even me. Revisit some of the chapter on duality to help you understand why our ego and the false self even exist in this physical reality. It helps to keep it at bay, as they say, Revisit the many quotes and passages I've listed here that all help to understand what fear is and what it represents in our lives. They all have helped me just by typing them out as I added them to this book. Oneness will help us all get to a place where we'll come to know that we have a silent partner. We have nothing to fear because nothing can hurt us. Fear is only false evidence appearing real. We can control fear because we can control our thoughts. So thank you again for listening to the podcast I'm calling That Oneness Guy. This has been episode number 39, The Ways of Oneness, audio chapters, chapter 9, Fear. 
If you've liked what you've been listening to, please take a moment to subscribe to this feed. You can find that oneness on any and all of your favorite podcasting sites and apps. For my YouTube friends, please subscribe to my channel. That includes my podcast, vlogs, and all of my many music videos, interviews, and performances. So please do subscribe. Just search for that oneness guy. For my social media friends, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Just search for, again, that oneness guy. And to stay in touch with all things Oneness, please visit me at my websites. For my first book, you can go to IamGodBook.com. Uh, for everything Danny Rongo, visit DannyRongo.com and uh, certainly ThatOneNessGuy.com. And finally, a reminder that my new book of Oneness, of which you just heard, Chapter 9, the book is called The Ways of Oneness Helping to Navigate Life, is now available on Amazon in a Kindle version. So just visit Amazon.com and search for my book and you will find it. So for now again, my friends, my name is Danny Rongo. I am that oneness guy. Please look for my next show and know that as always, I send you peace, love, light, and continued oneness. Namaste.